like to invite all the children to come forward who are here in the sanctuary. We have blue carpet squares for you to sit on to make sure we're, we're safely distanced. And just come on up, and I'll meet you here. So great to see everybody, and glad to greet those who are joining us from home online. We've got a penguin and a fox, and I think that's a bear, and a butterfly, whoopsie, you right? And an alligator and a raccoon, all sorts of animals to choose from. Good morning, I'm so happy to see you all. So in our Bible reading this morning, it talks about God and God's love, and I want to be able to love people like God loves people. And so I thought about what it would be like if I had a pair of glasses that helped me see with God's eyes. Hmm, they're a little bit smudged. Right now when I look, I see all sorts of different kinds of people. Sometimes I look at people and I think, Ooh, that person plays for the other team. I'm not sure I like them so much. Ooh, that person looks different from me. I don't know about them. Ooh, that person's wearing a color I don't like very much. But if I want to see with God's eyes, I need to work on that. So I'm just going to spray a little prayer and reading the Bible and maybe spending time with people who love God and maybe doing kind things and sharing. Let's see what happens. I wipe my glasses. Okay. Oh, that helps so much. And now I look at each one of you and I look at each person out there and I can imagine in my mind all the people who are watching online and I see you're a child of God and you're a child of God and you're a child of God, and you're all made in the image of God, and you're all so loved by God. And that helps me maybe treat people a little better, don't you think? Look at this. I found this yesterday as I was getting things ready. This little cloth for cleaning my glasses says, help us to see clearly. And that's my prayer today. So let's pray together. Gracious God, there are lots of reasons why we don't see people the way you do. But you look at each and every person. You look at me. You look at these children here. You look at everyone in this sanctuary with eyes of love. Help us to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so good to see you all up here. If you want to take these carpet circles and put them on top of the giraffe... That will help us clear the space. I want to thank Peter Bigelow for reading that very dense scripture passage this morning. There was a lot of words there. And the beginning of the letter to the Ephesians is very dense. In fact, if we had heard it in Greek, which of course we wouldn't have asked you to read it in Greek, but it would have been basically two sentences. The whole chapter is basically two sentences. So you might try to read it all in one breath, but you would run out of breath. There's a lot that the writer of Ephesians wants to say at the beginning of his letter. 
He starts off with this great doxology, this praise of what God has accomplished in Christ Jesus. That through Jesus Christ, God has has already begun reconciling the whole world to God's self. It's already accomplished, he announces. And I would invite you, if, if you are so led, to spend some time just pouring over those first verses of Ephesians. They really do feel like a, like a song of praise. But then the writer turns personal. He begins to speak as a pastor to the congregation or to a group of congregations. And the first thing he says to these Christians to whom he's writing is, I've heard about you. There's nothing bad. I haven't heard of bad things that you're doing. No, I've heard, I've heard good things. But you notice he doesn't say, I've, I've heard about all the numbers of people you have coming to church now. No, that's not what he says. He doesn't say, I've heard about how your budget's growing every year. No, he doesn't say that. I've heard about the great programming you have for children and youth and adults. No, he doesn't even say that. He says, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and of your love. You've got a reputation of love. What congregation wouldn't want to hear that? It's one thing to be known for the size of your church or the size of your programs, but to be known for your love. I think that's something every congregation would hope for. And I want you to know that every now and then I get a letter or an email or a phone call. I've heard about what West End is doing and in your anti-racism statement and some of the ways that you're working to keep that conversation going. Can Can you tell me about that? I had a pastor from Virginia call me and say, I've heard that, that you all had a discernment team and that you changed your wedding policy to include all members of your church. Can you tell me about that journey and can you help my congregation? I've heard that your congregation has a partnership with the middle school in Nashville. Can you tell me what that's like and how you all partner with that school? My hope is that as a congregation, we might be receiving letters like that, notes like that. I've heard about your love. But then the pastor, the writer of the letter, moves on. He says, I've heard about you. And then he says, and I'm praying for you. I hold you in my prayers. And I pray that your relationship with God continues to grow and to grow and to transform you so that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. Now, what does he mean by that? I'll confess, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure I can speak for the letter writer to know exactly what he meant to those churches. But I can tell you what his words mean to me. What I hear him saying is, I pray that your relationship with God will help clean the lenses through which you look at the world and that you will get more and more clarity as you look upon the world with love. 
that you will be able to see all of the world as God's beautiful creation, that you will be able to see every person as a beloved child of God and act accordingly. But that's not easy. Our lenses get clouded up with all sorts of muck that keep us from seeing other people clearly as God would see them. All you have to do is spend a few minutes on social media and you see how quickly people are labeled and categorized. There are labels that we're born with. There are labels that we take on willingly or not throughout life. Things that cause us to look at other people with scorn, to want to cancel them, holding them responsible for things that they have said and done, not giving people an opportunity to grow and change. I'll never forget a conversation I had a few years ago at Riverbend Maximum Security Prison. My previous church used to be very deeply involved at Riverbend, and there are some folks at West End who joined us from time to time to serve a holiday meal to the men in Unit 6, 5 and 6. And we served the meal, and then we would sit with the men and talk, and then we would spend some time singing Christmas carols. But I was sitting next to a man who's probably in his late 30s, and he'd been in prison since he was 19, because one afternoon he made a bad choice. He went with a group of friends who were going to go on a joyride, and things got out of hand, and someone robbed a gas station, and a person was shot. And even though this man himself didn't have a gun, he got included in that whole event and was sentenced to 25 years in prison and he said, you know, I feel like my whole life, my whole person is defined by that one bad decision. For the rest of my life, I will be a convict, an inmate, and I'll never live it down. That's an extreme version, but we have that tendency, I think, to to label people for the worst thing they've done or for the best thing they've done, or to label ourselves as such. Which brings me to the other piece. I think we're invited to, to try and put on the, the glasses of God and look at the world through the lens of love. But then let's change from glasses to a mirror. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see right away a beloved child of God, loved just as you are, not because of what you do or what you've accomplished, but just because you are? St. Gregory of Nyssa in the fourth century talked about this image of the mirror, that each one of us has within us the image of God. We are all created in the image of God, but our mirrors get clouded over. We're born into this world with, with stuff already on our mirrors, patterns in our families, and over time with the wounds and the labels that we take on, it gets harder and harder to see that within us there is the image of God. I don't know about you, but I know in my head that God loves me. I really believe in my mind that God loves everyone unconditionally, just like our t-shirts say. 
that each one is created in the image of God, including me, that God loves me. But really, the way I live and act in the world, it seems as if I don't really believe that. That what I really believe is that that God loves me in a general benevolent sort of way, kind of in the distance. But God doesn't really have time for my stuff. That there's so much other stuff going on in the world that, that my things, I don't want to bother God with those things. And sometimes that keeps me from having this sort of direct, intimate relationship with God that I believe God wants with me. I know people through conversations over the years as a pastor who who believe in their heads that God loves me and God loves everybody, but who walk around with a God who judges them for everything, a God whom they can never please no matter how hard they try. What is your default position for God? When you examine your life and your heart and you look in the mirror, do you see clearly your belovedness? Or do you still feel like you're trying to please a God who cannot be pleased? Or you're trying to reach a God who is too busy for you? Hear this letter from the writer of Ephesians. Hear this prayer. Even now, over the centuries, he is praying for us as God's people that we would come to know the truth about God, that God loves each and every one of us just as we are, that all of these false voices are not God, that we are invited to see the image of God in ourselves and in each and every other person. But that is a journey of cleaning off those glasses, of cleaning off the mirror. And sometimes things stick back on there that we need to wipe off again. It's the spiritual journey Learning to love as God loves, love others, and love ourselves. And what helps us on that journey? Each other. Prayer. Reading the scriptures. Being part of a community of faith where other people can reflect to us, I see God in you. Who can encourage us to love more fully a community with whom we can practice loving and forgiving and showing mercy and offering people a second and third and fourth chance. It's a journey. But as the writer of Ephesians says, it's already been accomplished in Christ Jesus. We are all completely loved already. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you will know the hope to which you have been called. If we are loved and we know the love of God for all people, that is the foundation of our hope. So my friends, look in the mirror today and see the image of God.